It's time to get in the game. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Get in the Game podcast, the podcast where we explore ways to get off the sidelines, stop making excuses, and get in the game. I'm your coach, Trevor Dean, and today is going to be a very impacted episode. Um, It's going to be something that might be a little uncomfortable to hear or to talk about. Um, There's going to be a lot of verses. I'm not going to actually... uh, read every single one of them, but I will make reference to a bunch in here. So pay attention. I will have reference to all of the verses in the show notes. So if you're watching this and you're not able to take notes, um, or even if you're listening, listening to this and you're not seeing, uh, this, the scripture address pop up on the screen because you're listening, it will be in the show notes as well. So you can always refer back to those and read them yourself, ponder them, uh, Uh, meditate on them and actually take them in and and use them for what we're talking about today. Today, we're talking about silence um, and and keeping quiet when we don't want to. Uh, In this world, I feel like uh, the world we live in today is, I don't think it's so much different than, uh, obviously, technology is different, but the, the times, the biblical times that we read about, uh, the same problems were happening. Uh, there's there's civil unrest. There's uh, people who don't like the government. There are people who are uh, want to be left alone. There are issues with other countries. Uh, it, it's it's a lot of the same problems are there. Obviously, we have more technology, so things are different in that capacity. But the same principles taught here are completely relevant for today's society today's day and age uh whatever you want to call it i'm going to start off today's episode with the verse that you may have been familiar with before um i'm not sure if i've used it yet but it is romans 12 12 12 2 sorry and it is and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of god is that which is good and acceptable and perfect so with that, um, we are challenged not to let what is going on in this world get us down, but we are to be renewed, uh, transformed by the renewing of our mind. Uh, and we do that through reading scripture, through, through literally studying it, um, using it in our daily lives and letting that the, the word just sink in and change the way that we, we operate, change the way that we think about things, the way we respond to things, and, and, and do that in a godly way. And that would prove, as it says in the scripture, what the will of God is. And that will is good and acceptable, and it's perfect. So why silence? Well, there's just so much going on uh, in the world today. Um uh, as I'm recording this, there is there are problems within our own country in the United States. Um, a lot of different opinions, uh, whatever you may side you may stand on, and I'm not taking a side here uh, with you. I'm just presenting this information. So whether or not you are uh, one who says that we should wear masks or one that we shouldn't, whether you should get vaccinated or you shouldn't. Um, or if it's just a personal choice and it's it's no one else's business, 
there are many different things that just with the coronavirus, the COVID-19 issue that's going on around the world, but also in the United States, there are a lot of different opinions. There are a lot of different words. There's a lot of different arguments that are, are, we're bombarded with every single day, whether we watch the news or we just get our, our info from, uh, you know, media sites online or, or, uh, social media things, which may or may not be true. We have to decipher that stuff. So it's just, there's so much out there, but we also have, uh, an access to respond to people. One that we probably don't even know. Uh, we have the ability to just sit out there and, and, and respond to people and get into arguments online, um, through through these different sites and through through comments through different uh direct messages uh whatnot and it just brings such division between people um over a a preference a a over a uh an idea of how things uh, are right for them or they think things should be run and I'm not saying it's not okay to have those opinions. It definitely is. But sometimes when we get into these arguments, it leads nowhere except for division. And if that's what you're going for, then, you know, mission accomplished. Because I feel like uh, we are very, very divided. Uh, I spoke on it, um, I think it was last week, about just how you know what our preferences are with, with teams and, and, and whether we'll, whether or not we want to go to the beach or the mountains or or somewhere else just all these different things that we think is just so much better that we're so much so willing to argue about or, or try and win someone over but are we taking the time to win people over for Christ and um I I have this um you know, th- these verses here that just kind of tell you that sometimes silence is the best way to go. And uh, the first verse I'm going to uh, hit you with is from Exodus it's chapter 14, verse 14. Um, it's when the Israelites were being led by Moses after their exodus from Egypt and they get to the Red Sea and they start, they start freaking out because they know that the Egyptian army is coming after them and they don't know what to do. And they're just like saying, why did you bring us out here just to be, you know, give us this kind of, why'd you give us this hope, Moses, just to be killed by the Egyptian army out in the wilderness? We could have just stayed and lived our lives in bondage. And through stuff, uh, Moses talks to them or, or, or says this to them and says, the Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. He's basically saying, you need to stop talking, stop complaining. The Lord will fight for you. And basically all you have to do is just be quiet and do what he says. And at that point where God then tells Moses to tell them to keep moving forward. And then, you know, if you know your, your, your Bible, that is when, he parts the Red Sea and the, the Israelites go through. And as the Egyptians follow them, uh, after the Israelites make it across, God uh, closes up the sea and destroys the army of Egypt. 
But basically, the principle is you don't always have to respond when there's someone who's attacking you verbally or attacking your character or something. Sometimes just let God fight your battles. All you have to do is stay silent. Because sometimes when we respond, our character is looked upon poorly or there's any number of ways people can spin it in, in today's uh, society. Um, and it doesn't even have, you don't even have to be a celebrity. It doesn't have to be on any kind of media. It could just be in person and people who witness your response might, that might be the only context that they have. And all of a sudden you're the bad guy, even though you might be in the right, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're always in the right. There's another you know, pretty famous verse reference that uh, people have heard and, and uh, people throw it around a lot. And it's so true, but I, f- I feel that we don't use it. We, we're not taking what the scripture says and using it in our lives as much. And that's James 1, 19. And it says, this, you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. We have to take time to listen to people, take in all that they're saying, even if it's negative, even if it's bad, even if it's against you, take it all in. Not only, you know, don't just wait till they're done talking for then for you to respond, but then slow to talk. So you're quick to listen. So you're, 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 all your focus is on listening to what they have to say. Then take your time before you respond. So that way, when you do respond, you won't be angry. If, if you are immediately going to lash out in anger, then you don't need to respond. And that's, that's my, that's my opinion. Uh, that that's what I take from this verse is when you are slow to speak, that means you're taking in what they say. You're thinking about what they say and you're going to respond in whatever way you need to be so that you're not angry. And sometimes that slow to speak means you just say, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. I'm not going to respond. I'm done talking about it because Yes, that might anger that other person. That might anger someone else. That might anger the media. Um, if, if you're a person who is is sought out to hear from all the time, but that might be the best course of action for you. It's just not to talk anymore. There's a whole slew of proverbs that talk about not speaking. The first one is going to be Proverbs seventeen twenty eight. It says, "Even a fool." When he keeps silent, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is considered prudent. Another one, uh, Proverbs twenty nine eleven: A fool always loses his temper, but a wise man holds it back. So that we talked about earlier, like slow to anger. When we are angry, sometimes we lose our temper, and when we lose our temper, we're a fool. It says right there, a fool always loses his temper, but a wise man holds it back. So you just whatever you can do, if that means being silent and not responding and keeping your anger inside and, 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 and making sure your temper doesn't, you know, elevate and you, you hold on to it and you, you keep control of it, then that's a wise thing to do. I know that in, in public, in, 
you know, our society, we don't always think of people as being wise or whatever. And, and that position right there might not be thought of as wise, but the scriptures say that it is. I'm not worried about what people say. Uh, you know, if it's a weak position that I, I won't address something. If God's calling me wise for keeping my mouth shut, then I'm going to keep my mouth shut. That's just what I need to do. Again, in Proverbs eleven twelve, it says, He who despises his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding keeps silent. So taking our time to understand someone, you know, or, or, or staying silent and understand, you understand that neighbor instead of despising them for just being who they are. You're taking your time to understand, you know, what's going on. And in that you do it silently. Again, you know, Proverbs was written by King Solomon, the wisest man to ever live. And, and that is also, that's from the scriptures. He's, he was the wisest man, wisest king who, who ever lived. And he wrote down this whole book of Proverbs. There's 31 of them, 31 Proverbs. And they, there's so many within each, you know, Proverbs is 31 chapters, sorry. But there's many, 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 many Proverbs in each chapter. And I said, there's 31 of them. If you, I've mentioned this before, if you aren't on the daily scripture reading, you know, kick yet, the habit, start out with Proverbs. There's 31. So for those, those days that are 30, 31 uh, days in a month, just start on whatever day you at, go to that chapter and read it and, and, and finish out the month. Read one chapter a day until it becomes a habit. In uh, Proverbs 13.3, it says, The one who guards his mouth preserves his life. The one who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Again, in 18.13 of Proverbs, He who gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and shame to him. That makes reference to that one before. Slow, slow to speak, slow to anger. So if you give an answer before you before you hear someone out, it's folly to you and it's shameful. It leads to, you know, folly. It leads to like what I what I think of destruction or or, or losing or uh, missteps. It 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 leads to poor poor results. You just have to make sure that you're. You're, when you do have to respond, that you're picking your spots. But for the most part, this the, the literally just talks about being quiet. It doesn't matter what someone said for you. To me, I, I've heard this before. What someone thinks of me is none of my business. That's their own personal thoughts. And if they go and share that with people, me stepping out and trying to defend it is only going to, one, probably make me angry. And two... It's not really going to solve anything. If that person wants to talk privately and, and get to know me, then that's one thing. But just going out there to to publicly uh, denounce what someone else says in, in in the world we live in now, the the court of public opinion 
uh, it's really hard to come off of that. So whatever someone thinks about you already, it really doesn't matter what you say to to defend that. Your actions are the only thing that's going to to prove or disprove your stance on it. And sometimes just being silent is enough to prove that what they're saying is wrong. Or you're not retaliating and say, well, I, you know, you said this about me, so I'm going to let this out about this person. No, that all that shows is that it's a, a tit for tat type thing. You're just retaliating because it's probably true. But if you're not given any uh, any concern to what they're saying, then people start thinking, well, if he's really not that concerned about it, then maybe it's not all that true to begin with. I was just talking to my wife about this before we, uh, before I started recording and it reminded me of that saying, like, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. And it's basically, you're saying that the, that what they're saying or asking you is so outlandish, so ridiculous. It would be a waste of time and, uh, disrespectful to yourself to even respond to it. But I say it's it's almost by saying that you're you're passively aggressively telling that person you're you're an idiot for asking that. You're an idiot for saying that. Versus if you just don't say anything, you know, it, that doesn't come across in that way. It, it it's kind of condescending when you say it if you were to actually tell someone that you know what? I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. You're telling them that like it would be like <laughs> you have no dignity is, is the way I, I interpret that when I hear that. So not saying anything is more wise than that because you at least are showing some sort of love to the person. Just saying, you know what? I'm just not going to. And you might be wondering why, like, why would I take this stance? Well, Jesus took this stance. I'm not gonna. Go, I'm not gonna actually read every single uh, verse, but there are plenty of verses here, um, in in reference to when Jesus just decided to be quiet, and he used silence, he used seclusion, to to let who he was just kind of shine out. In Luke uh, chapter five, verses uh, verse sixteen, it talks about and and Mark one. 35 both instances um it says jesus goes off by himself to pray basically he 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 will retreat or there's plenty of times where the crowd wanted to um got kind of kind of rowdy and 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 certain times people like rose up because they wanted to kill him because uh of, of they thought he was a threat and then other people wanted to to pick him up and make him their king and then and many times he retreated out of the crowd and got away instead of one, either rebuking them or, or, uh, you know, he, I mean, he's God. So he, like he could have done anything to defend himself, but instead he just slipped away quietly and, and, uh, didn't have anything to do instead of defending himself or, or talking stuff up. He just let it go. He let the crowd do whatever they did. And then in, Many instances, he went away by himself to pray, to be alone, to be quiet, so no one else could hear him, 
and he could just spend time with God. So sometimes the silence is just being with God and, and having that time alone with him. In Mark chapter 14, verse 61, um, after he'd been arrested uh, and he was going to be crucified. So in that time when he was being arrested, he was being questioned by the high priest and Jesus just stays quiet. There's all these accusations by the other people in the Sanhedrin, which is the, the Jewish kind of like elders. And they were all um, questioning him and, and accusing him of stuff. And instead of defending himself with his words, he just stayed quiet. Because really, it didn't matter what he said to them anyway. But I also kind of feel like I don't, he just doesn't need to answer them. There's, it, it, I, I made reference to that saying, not going to dignify that with a response. I feel like that's kind of what it was, but he didn't use the words. He just stayed quiet. There's no reason for him to answer because he knew they weren't true. In all reality, I truly believe that they knew they weren't true. The, the people accusing him, but he, he posed such a threat to their system that they had to find something. They had to make something stick to, to their psyche, to the, to the people around them to get rid of them. So in all reality, it didn't matter what he said. These people were going to do what they were going to do. You know, he came to serve a purpose and that was to live a perfect life, die for our sins on the cross, be buried be raised from the dead on the third day. And, and so that we might, he might be that sacrifice for us so that we may have eternal life. That is, that was why he came. And that is why he didn't respond. That is why he didn't physically respond. He didn't respond as like, as God, he was a man, fully God, but fully man. And he chose to stay quiet because his purpose wouldn't have been fulfilled if he didn't uh, follow through with that will of dying on the cross, being buried and risen on the third day. Again, uh, a chapter later in Mark, the beginning verses one through uh, Mark 15 verses one through five, Pilate questions Jesus and he remains quiet. And during that whole time, Pilate is the governor, the Roman governor of Israel at the time, Jerusalem, actually it was uh, Judah at the time. And he was questioning him. So it went from the Jewish elders who wanted him crucified, wanted him dead and gone. He then went to, um, he went to Herod, which was the Jewish king, which is really, it didn't have any power because the emperor of Rome, the Roman emperor, he was the head of all of it. They were occupied by Rome. But the Jewish king, Herod, um, was like a, just a figurehead, just kind of a formality, just to kind of keep the royal family. So it went from the Sanhedrin to Herod to Pilate, which is the governor of that uh, Roman area who was stationed there in Jerusalem. And as he's questioning Jesus, he just stays quiet. Very in only two instances in the whole time that that I was um, uh, researching did he say anything, and they weren't to any response of defending himself. It was when they said something true about him, he just said, "You know that is that's truth. Like that's it is what you say it is." But any other time that they brought up some sort of lie about him, he said nothing. And at the end of that one, it says that Pilate was amazed. Amazed that he wouldn't take the time to at least 
plead his case to him. But because of that, Pilate also didn't want, he did not want to crucify him. He did not want to take this man who in his eyes didn't do anything wrong, but to keep the peace of the uh, the province, the area he was uh, governing, he was going to just punish him and then release him. Uh, but the Jewish elders did not want that, so that's why he was crucified. They almost revolted in that way, saying, hey, if basically, if you don't crucify him, then there's going to be unrest in the streets, and you know it's going to get back to the emperor, and you're going to be a, a poor governor of the area, and he didn't want that, so he went through with it. Basically ordered them to crucify Jesus. But he, he, because he was amazed that he wasn't taking the opportunity to defend himself. I believe in his eyes. Like this, obviously this stuff is just ridiculous. Then all these things that they say about him, that he's, this is just, he's just a man. He's not, he's not the, uh, the great upriser that they are all saying. And he's not this big threat to, to Israel and, and to Judah that they, they say he is to, to the established system, not the one that he came to establish. In Luke 23, nine, it's a, an instance of, of Herod and uh, Herod is also talking, you know, same thing. It was kind of in between the pilot and the Sanhedrin. So Herod was talking and it's in a different, uh, it's in a different, book so the gospel according to luke that's why it's after um this but he said that herod was talking to him at some length and he never answered him he said nothing to him the whole time so the whole time herod wanted to meet with him because he heard about him and herod was one of those guys he just was fascinated with with uh with people like like oh like this is who people are talking about i want to meet them i want to see what they're about because like I said, he was a figurehead. He didn't have to be the head of the the the, the Jewish uh, church. He didn't have to be uh, too political on the Roman side. He just got to be who he was and kind of be a figurehead. So he was like, kind of like a fanboy, really. He just <laughs> got people in front of him, uh, you know, that were um, usually of people of note and he wanted to meet Jesus. He wanted to see him do good work, like the, these miracles and stuff in front of him. But Jesus did none of that. So when as he's questioning him, he just said nothing. And so Herod didn't know what to do. So then they ended up turning him over to Pilate. And as I said, it moved from an interview with Pilate to being punished, then crucified, buried, resurrected. And then... Now we have the opportunity to come into content, come into to uh, conversation and relationship with God th- because of what Jesus did for us, and it's all because that He loves us so much that He was He was willing to do that. So He took time to be silent, whether it was prayer or whether it was an accusation, and just He just stopped and He didn't need to re- to refute things. He didn't need to because he knew they weren't true. And I think the same is is the case for us. Sometimes we just need to stop and just let things go. It's tougher for us, obviously. I, I mean, there are things that people say um, 
about some of those some of those things I mentioned last week, a, a team of mine or whatever that I just like I kind of get like a little a little amped up about like, well, that's not true. What about this on your team? Like it doesn't it doesn't matter really. It's just you just got to be silent. If you know it's not true, then don't give it any air to breathe. Just cut it off at the source. And that's what Jesus did. Sometimes though you have to speak and speaking is inevitable. That same person who wrote the Proverbs, King Solomon, he also wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And in chapter 3, verses 7 through 8, um, actually just verses, verse 7, he, he basically the very beginning of this chapter, he said that there's a bunch of things that there is a time for, you know, in, in, in our lives. And verse seven, it says, there's a time to tear apart and a time to sew together, a time to be silent and a time to speak. So there is, there are times where we must speak. There are times when it's appropriate to speak. In first Peter chapter three, verse 15, it says, but sanctify Christ as your Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. So sometimes people are going to ask you, how come you, how, why is it you believe what you believe? Why is it that you have the hope that you have? I don't understand it. Or, um, I don't believe that hope is real. So you have an account for that. There, it, it, it says right there, ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. Not just some people, but everyone who asks you why you have the hope that you do inside of you, you should be ready for that. But you should do it with gentleness and reverence. You're still, you're still following uh, the idea that you must love everyone you come in contact with. You're loving your neighbor regardless but you are speaking on, on why you're giving a defense on why you have that hope in your life. And the reason we do that is because we, the way we do that, sorry, is through the scriptures. If we're studying this word, and I've mentioned it so many times, if we're studying the Bible, reading it, meditating on it, we're, it, we're letting it sink in to our minds and our memory. And we are able to use it as we go through. And we, the reason we use it because in second Timothy chapter three, verse 16 and 17, verse 16 says, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Verse 17 says, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. So not only is it, do we use the, the Bible to give our defense because it is God breathed, but we also use it for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So we use, we use the word for all that, but for reproof and correction. So when we need to let people know that they're in the wrong, we use the Bible as a source. When we need to correct people uh, on behavior and, and, and you, that you have to do that in a loving relationship as well. We use the Bible as a reference. And then obviously our own training 
in, in righteousness so that we may be adequate and equipped for every good work. So though silence is, is first in this is what I talk about. We do have times in our lives where we must speak, but it must be done in love because that's how Jesus would have done it. That's how Jesus did do it. And that's how Jesus continues to do it in our life through the Holy Spirit speaking to us through love. So I don't know what you're struggling with this week. I don't know if you're dealing with any of these kind of issues or you're seeing stuff um, on the news or seeing stuff going on in our in the world today and you have opinions on it. But I urge you to be silent in love when the times, when times are right to be silent and when the time to speak is inevitable that we do it with love and understanding. Um, and that's not weak. It's a strong thing to do because a lot of times we have to be strong to restrain how our, our, our human, uh, natural reaction is going to be, or, or wants to be, we need to be silent first. So slow to listen or sorry, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. But most of all, let's let the Bible dictate how we're going to to live our lives. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove that the will of God is so. So, so, sorry, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And I'll say that one more time. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Let the Bible transform our mind and renew it so that we may be able to do these things when we need to. When we need to be silent, we can be silent. When we need to speak in love, we can speak in love. Doesn't mean you back down on, on, on certain issues. It just means that you are loving others. Because sometimes being silent is the best way to love them. Love God, love others. That's what we're on this earth for. To bring glory to God through those two things. That's going to be it for this week. Uh, thank you again so much for tuning in. I know this is kind of a uh, maybe a heavy, heavier episode, but it's just been on my heart lately. I feel there's so much divide and we need to kind of get over that. Sometimes silence is the best way to do it. And if that means that we need to cut some stuff uh, from our lives or, or, or take a temporary break from certain things, then maybe that's what we need to do. I love you guys. I'm praying for you. Uh, I never say these things uh, to to lecture. I say these things because I want to encourage and I want to coach you guys as well as coach myself through these things. These are things that I go through as well. These are things that are on my heart and my mind, not always about you, but about me and the world at large as well. Um, we need Jesus and we need uh, his grace and his love uh, as we go on. So, as we go through this week, let's remember 
to get off the sidelines, stop making excuses, and get in the game. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Get in the Game podcast. Please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That's the best way to support us. Find us on YouTube and subscribe for more content. If you would like for us to pray for you, or if you have topics that you would like us to tackle in upcoming episodes, email us at getinthegamepodcast at gmail.com. That's getinthegamepodcast at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Get in the Game PC. If you've experienced getting off the sidelines and getting into the game yourself, please let us know. And remember, it's time to get in the game.